Hello, and welcome back to episode 9 of Now Screaming. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week's movie is Reanimator, but up front we just want to acknowledge that it's been a pretty hard week in the wake of the election for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And... It was very difficult to muster up the energy to do things like podcast. Yeah. But we talked about it, and I think that, at least for me, speaking just for myself, I love that horror movies can provide some sort of surreal escape from the horrors of my real life. <laughs> and a lot of them, the best ones, offer insight into you yeah, know, how, so, to, how to deal with the horrors of your real life. So, So we're going to soldier on. And we hope that you join us, and we hope that even if we just bring an hour of of light into your week, we can, you know, contribute in some small way. Mm-hmm. So this week we'll be talking about Reanimator, which is a 1985 movie directed by Stuart Gordon, uh, who incidentally, just to link it to our last episode, directed a Pit in the Pendulum movie. I saw own. that. That was yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, but this is a H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, which again, pretty fitting that we did Poe last week and, then and lovecraft now we have no, lovecraft but we're not in the it's, it, these will all be great choices for the halloween season but i know we've moved on so this is an adaptation of a serialized novella called herbert west reanimator that i don't think of as being i mean i don't think this movie is very like lovecraftian horror no because th- that those are mostly like kind of giant horrifying yeah like the unknowable eldritch monsters kind yeah exactly of, yeah. yeah like something so beyond human conception that's what's so terrifying about it is mm-hmm. we can't perceive it or understand it and this story is very real to life just the horror of people i think it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. yeah um do you like lovecraft at all from what i know i mean i'm a big giant monster gal yeah of course <laughs> so like in theory yes but as we've discussed uh, outside of this podcast, he's kind of a piece of shit. And, he's uh, super racist. He's terrible. And so it's hard to like look back on that. And that, I, that I've never like loved him before. It'd be hard for me to get into him now. Yeah. Um, but from what I know about, I think, what he's contributed to the idea of giant monsters, I appreciate. Mm. Because I, I love a good giant monster. Well, there aren't a lot of good Lovecraft adaptations. Or at least people don't think so. And part of that is because it's hard to represent, you know. Right. Guillermo del Toro was working on a At the Mountains of Madness for a long time, but he would do it really well. The budget was always like way too high, and yeah. he couldn't get anyone to, to do it. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, but this is this is a Lovecraft adaptation that most people tend to like. This is a pretty like well received movie. People like this one. I was gonna, that was what I was going to say earlier. Was um, I do feel like this is our first movie that really falls into that kind of like seventies eighties horror canon. Yeah, like, I know Scream Two is is a big major player right. in the horror world, but in terms of like the 70s and 80s like building what horror was and this movie feels so 80s horror uh-huh. uh it does feel like good at least despite my feelings about the movie that we'll talk about later uh i, I am glad at least that we did something that wasn't made in 2013 like most right. of our movies have right. been so far no i think it's fun i mean if you find these kinds of movies fun it's it's pretty gory it's pretty it over the top i think it's lots of blood it was actually, I thought it was nice this week. This is a pretty escapist kind of thing because it's so absurd and like... It is absurd. Yeah. And it's not really, I mean, we'll get into it, but th- I don't think this movie is saying anything new. Yeah. I mean, it's it's familiar territory. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the plot then. Let's um mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Well, so it's about, it's about a mysterious man named Herbert West who comes to Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, all classic Lovecraft locations, mm-hmm. to like be a part of their medical school. And, and is immediately like just a, a, a pain oh, in everyone's ass. Yeah, he is the enfant terrible. Because he wants 
he 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 dislikes the education that everyone is receiving that is that's that suggests that life ends after death right he believes that it goes on and that you can reanimate it easily and that more efforts should be, should be being made to to do that medically right so the main doctor uh dr hill says that the brain can only live six to 12 minutes after death but he has a relationship in the past with um he worked together with Herbert West's like former mentor, mentor who's in, like, no, it can live on where, Germany, Switzerland, I Switzerland. Think. Yeah. And so there's like some like old, like scientific fight between Conflict, them about yeah. like how long the brain can live. And that's what this movie's about. This movie's about how long could the brain live after yeah, death and, and Herbert, what can you do with Herbert it? Herbert West's uh, idea. And I think this is, this is also, this is the big idea of HP Lovecraft's novella was that the brain, that the body's a machine and you can turn it back on. There's mm-hmm. just, there's no other context your brain's just an engine and it can it dies and then you add some more oil to it and you can just make it come alive again. Yeah. It's about I guess it's, it the, what they keep talking about is the will. It's about the will to live. Mm-hmm. Um so what happens is Herbert West comes to town, fists swinging, ready to reanimate some people. Ready to reanimate. <laughs> ends up moving in the basement of our probably protagonist. Yeah, Dan Kane. Who's Dan Kane? Who's a resident at the hospital slash university. A very nice, handsome, yeah. promising young doctor. Dating the dean's daughter. Which is a problem, but it's okay. Yeah. And the the Megan is Megan. Barbara Crampton, who is awesome in this. Awesome. Really great. Probably my favorite character. And another actor, actress, who appears in your next. She's the mom in your oh, next. Oh, she is. I feel like we talked about this before. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. God, I love your next. Let's watch that soon. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, uh, and yeah, so he moves into the basement and starts doing weird shit and we're off. And actually, I want to I want to start here. So that's that's our little plot summary. And, you know, shit goes awry. We're yeah. going to talk about topics Reanimating about people does not work out well for anyone. It works out better than Dr. Hill thinks it will. But fair. He's a naysayer and then he benefits from it like, yeah. more than anybody else. We'll get into that. So what I want to say about this is that I think that it's off to the races pretty quickly. It is it is tight narratively mm-hmm. and it doesn't waste a lot of time. Like and there's never any doubt. I feel like they don't they don't play around with um, Herbert West being like a fun guy who we can all get along with. He comes in. He's an asshole. He does not stop being an asshole from the beginning no. of the movie to the end. He is just plain terrible always. He's a brilliant a scientist and doctor but he is an awful person and there is no playing with that the entire time i actually do want to talk about that uh this is our first mad scientist movie and there is a well-worn tradition of the mad scientist movie and i think that i actually want to ask you a question about this later but i think that's Mm -hmm. interesting i think that herbert west i think the jeff combs the actor who does him does a great job of this like Mm I don't know, sniveling is like the word I think yeah, of. Yeah, like, because he's this... like a tiny nerd. Yeah, he's this angry nerd too. Yeah. Like very hostile. He's very angry. What I wanted to say about this movie's uh, pacing is that they find Rufus the cat dead in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Megan's poking around. <laughs> My favorite Herbert West line, uh, he was dead when I found him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, no one for a second believes of that's course true. Not. <laughs> he's like, he was uh, dead when I found him. <laughs> and like, they like have a little fight about that. And then literally the next scene, they're fighting off the zombie cat and Dan Kane is helping Herbert. We need to stop saying their full names. Herbert. <laughs> Dean Kane. He's oh Dean. It's Dan, Dan Kane, Kane, not Dean Kane from Dan Kane. CBS or whatever. Is it really? Okay. I don't know. Dean Kane's like an actor. Okay. He's macho. That's probably why I think about it. Yeah. No, Dan Kane is a character's name. And like literally he could he has to convince Dan Kane that reanimation is real and that it's important research. And then they're breaking into that the happens morgue. Very quickly, like, yeah. Dan is immediately on yeah. board. They don't fight about it for very long. And they break into the morgue and then they reanimate a corpse and like, you know, 
shit's like shit goes down yeah and they end up reanimating they end up killing and then immediately reanimating dean halsey yeah so dean halsey is angry an at, angry zombie yeah, yeah. yeah but they don't just... they don't kill the reanimated so the reanimation works with this like green fluid the green fluid looks really cool it's like it is it's glowing it's like, it's like um, it looks radioactive I looked it up. It's the uh, the liquid from glow sticks is what they use That's for that. Ma- that it looks sense. awesome. Yeah, it looks great. They call it the reagent. So they like syringe it into the back of your brain and then you come back to life. There's a lot of medical horror in this movie. Yeah. There's oh, just it's... a lot of like cutting open people's skulls and needling them. In it's the back. so it's gory. Hor- it's horrifying. Ugh. Well, let's talk about that. What did you think of the the gore? It's, it's 80s gore. It's mid-80s. It is. Blood and, and that's guts. the thing is that this movie actually kind of had both. It both had like violent zombie attacking people gore. Yeah. That's like more typical for a horror movie, like pulling off heads and... Sticking the bone saw through the... Uh, yeah. That's also... That's all very horrible. Um, there's a... Herbert uses a shovel to slice off uh, someone's head. That was yeah. pretty horrifying. Um, but there's also before this tons of medical gore of just like i mean they're they're medical students yeah. so there's all this kind of just gross like talk about brains and dr hill uh does that thing where you do the laser and then you put like a big q-tip inside someone's oh it's just horrible yeah it's awful. very it's very gross and you can't really be like it's not the kind of gross where you're like uh zombies you're like ew the medical profession. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a weird feeling. It reminds me a lot of uh, early Peter Jackson movies, like Dead Alive. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-mm. But it's like, it's buckets and buckets of gore kind of thing. Lovely. And it's like, you know, it's the genre. It's like, yeah. Evil Dead is the same way, where it's like, let's just, let's go really overboard with blood and guts. And, and that's how this felt too. I mean, you can't have, you know, this kind of reanimating zombies. And th- that's another thing too, is that like when they reanimate um, Dean Halsey, his mouth is just always dripping blood. It yeah. never stops. It's just a constant stream of like, and not just like a nice little trickle of blood. It looks like strawberry jam, yeah. like pouring from his mouth. It is just, it's horrible. Totally. And that's, I mean, it's 80s gore. You're totally right. It's, it is the genre and this movie does it so well. But I, I personally like, I had my, my upside down smiley face on just the whole time. Just like, Ugh. what's the... Who's that? Frowny face? Is that the no, one you're looking no. for? No, no. Who's the... Um, I feel like I need to like trademark this. Uh, who's the director that I always talk about grossing me out so much? The Fly. Oh, Cronenberg. It, this, I feel like it's. I'm going to start calling it like my Cronenberg face where I'm just like... like <laughs> <laughs> it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell the story of when... We, we watched Scanners, David Cronenberg's Scanners. Oh, yeah, we did. And then this was in October, so we were on a Halloween binge. We were. And yeah. Scanners was good, but, but really the end of it is just... There's just people just fucking melt. They're yep. just melting, and it's horrifying. It, it reminds me of when I first saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like couldn't sleep because oh, yeah. it's melt. It's the melting that just makes me like. Hleh. But then we tried to watch um, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, and the first thing you see is like that same kind of eighties like the you can tell the skin yeah and the and the blood and guts are all kind of like they're all, they all look the same in all these eighties movies and I just was like. It looks so fake. I don't. And I'm not yeah. getting grossed out because it looks real. It looks so fake that I just can't. I couldn't. We just watch couldn't it. do it. Yeah, we <laughs> had to turn it off and watch minutes. something else. <laughs> I was like, let's watch a movie made after 1990. Yeah. So actually, I mean, we can sort of get to, into it. This is kind of my jam. I love horror I love movies this like stuff, this. Yeah. Uh, not so much the gore, mostly because I mean, I, I'm not squeamish, but I don't. It doesn't usually do it for me. 
not even the 2000 stuff the like torture porn ever really like grosses me out but this grosses me out because it's like so much more visceral than like an eli roth movie and i don't know why because it doesn't look real no but there's but it is so gross yeah you know the only movie that's ever really grossed me out that was made like recently what the evil dead remake oh yeah i had to like actually stop myself from like getting queasy i'd like i had to actually look away which i never have to do i, I, think that's I don't get credit. grossed out easily but these 80s movies they're gross in a really different way mm-hmm. i think that's the thing they don't look real it's just it's a weird they i think they just i actually did write this down and i just think that gore is really different now than it was then yeah and i think there's just i don't know what the tendency was in the 70s and 80s to just be like look at all this blood look at this headless you know when you like you cut off someone's head and there's just like that they just kind of seem to just create this horrible thing that exists yeah. on the end of the neck that's just like looking at it for too long is just like what even it like what did you do to create that yeah. it's horrifying it's just disgusting so speaking of decapitations let's let's do a little more plot recap for the listeners so they reanimate Dean Halsey and Dr. Hill immediately knows what's going on because, you know, he worked with the former mentor of Herbert. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Hill was like the number one naysayer. He's like, shut up, Herbert. You are stupid and we can't reanimate we can't people. Do that. The six to 12 minute thing is like, that's his jam. But he, the second he's like, oh, wait, maybe reanimation could be real. He's like, how can I profit from this? So he goes to confront Herbert in his basement and blackmails him into like giving him the reagent. Mm-hmm. And Herbert... Doesn't want that to happen, so he decapitates him with a shovel. As mentioned before. And then reanimates his body and head separately. Which is, that plays into the whole Herbert uh, West believing that the body's a machine. And that's actually something they go into in the novella is um, uh, when they, they grave rob a lot in the novella. And Herbert will, like, take an arm or a foot. Or, you know, like, uh, or a head and reanimate them all individually to prove that they're all just parts of the machine. So that comes into play in this movie there. Well, that's fully Frankenstein, too. Yes. You know, the classic. Which is clearly what we're playing off of here. That's the trope we're doing, the evil scientist reanimating people. Of course. So Dr. Hill gets separately reanimated and then, in a fairly interesting move, becomes like the villain of the movie. Yeah, and he also reveals himself to be a horrifying, like, sexual deviant. He's like a pervert. He's horrible. Um, He's had a thing the whole movie, lightly, but now even more, had a thing for... um, Megan. Megan Halsey, Dean Halsey's daughter and Dan Kane's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. fiancé. And so he basically kidnaps her. He makes her father... Her father is, he lobotomizes him and turns him into his, like... He also has some, like, mind control powers that aren't really addressed. I think but... it's the lobotomizing. Okay. I I don't know. He, like, oh, stares at him. It's kind of weird. It's Yeah, confusing. you're right. There's something going on there. But he he basically makes Dean Halsey his, his zombie slave. And uh, Dean Halsey kidnaps, like, incapacitates Dan Kane, kidnaps Megan, brings her to the hospital where dr hill is carrying out his evil scheme of reanimating a bunch of corpses and ruling the world basically yeah, i think it's his goal <laughs> and there's a really horrifying uh sexual assault sexual scene. assault scene yeah oh it's just it's awful and this is where like dan kane is the only hero of this movie herbert west d- continues to be an asshole and does nothing different the whole movie like he walks in when uh dr hill is sexually assaulting megan um, it's hor- his body is holding his head and making it do horrible things to her. And it's just, it's an awful scene. And basically Herbert West comes in and instead of being like, you disgusting man, stop that. He's like, Oh, why are you raping? Someone so stupid. Like he's just awful. He's an awful, awful person. That is what he's doing. He's also saying 
he's also admonishing Dr. Hill for using science to rape someone. He's like, but he specifically says the bubble headed, bubble headed co ed, and it's like he, he's not admonishing him for doing it. He's admonishing him for doing it to someone unworthy. No, I think it's because he doesn't like Megan. I know. I think it's because he doesn't like Megan. Herbert is not. No, no. Herbert is not a. Herbert wouldn't rape anyone, as far as we can tell. Only because he has no interest in that. He seems he does not seem to have any interest in sex or power. He just wants science. Yeah, he just wants he doesn't because he's not even going to use this reagent. Like Doctor Hill uses it immediately for power. It, whatever this mind control thing he can do, he can turn into zombies yeah. and have like a zombie army. We never see Herbert. He doesn't even want money for it. He's not even like, oh, now I can sell it for millions of dollars. He is only for the advancement of science. But that doesn't make him a good person. It still makes him a shitty asshole. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So he's terrible. Dan Kane is the only real, like Dan, Dan and Megan are the only yeah. real good people in this movie. Because even Dean Halsey is like kind of boring until he turns into a zombie. Do you like Dr. Hill being this like body carrying his head villain? I think it's like really interesting. It's very, it actually, I wrote this down that it was like, it started getting kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. It sort of turned into a comedy because the, what he does to get to walk around in the world to get away from, to like, you know, not be seen as a headless man as he wears this like, uh, mannequin head on his head and then carries his head around in a bag which is hilarious and also from the uh novella they they specifically in the novella call him like a wax-headed man oh um it's very amusing when he's walking around the hospital with this like mannequin head on and everyone's like hello dr hill and he's just like carrying this bag with his head in it uh so i yeah i enjoyed it it was just like it's eh. campier than it is scary it is very campy i think i do i mean this is a good time i want to i want to ask you you don't seem to like this very much. What? What don't I you don't like? I don't really. I I like a lot of pieces of it individually. Um, I like all the characters. I like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't think this movie is saying anything new. I think that the, the, if there's a lesson to this movie or a message or anything they're really trying to say, it's that when people die, they don't come back as like the people that you want them to be. Cause that's kind of what, what Megan and Dan and some people in this movie kind of seem to feel is that like you can kind of bring people back, you know? And, um, and they'll be the same. And, and Herbert's whole thing of like the body is a machine. You just flip it back on. And that's not true in this movie. You don't flip it back on the people that come back from being reanimated are effectively dead and they're not themselves. They're just, they're just zombies. And I think that a movie that does that better, I mean, besides, I mean, Frankenstein, um, a movie that does it better is Pet Cemetery, which mm. I love. And I understand that, like, the difference between them is that Pet Cemetery, it's being done by magic and this being done by science. So that's yeah. fine. But I love Pet Cemetery, and it's also about parenthood and it's like a very, and it's also terrifying. Like, the little kid in Pet Cemetery is incredible. So. I just think this movie just did not do it for me. It had nothing really going for it. It it only made me feel bad because of the certain, like, sexual parts of it that just made me feel horrible inside my soul. So it just it just didn't really do anything for me. I hear you. I think that as as the argument you've made to me is that does it have to be, to be, good or worthy? Because I feel like a lot of think times on this podcast I have said this movie isn't doing anything interesting or new, and you've said yeah, but does it have to? Yeah, but in those movies, I feel like it's because there's a character or a style 
that's really special and like is bringing something to it or it's fun. So you're saying not even like formally, this isn't doing anything innovative. I or... don't think so. Cause not even the characters, Megan, like for all I'm saying, I like her and she, and I'm defending her. She is like a bubble headed co-ed. Like yeah. she's not interesting. This movie does her no and justice of no, like making her fleshed out. No. Or interesting. And Dan, she just has this dramatic, like, Oh my God, Dan, I wanted to hate you. And I just couldn't. And it's like, Oh my God. Okay. And yeah. Dan is just a like heroic, smart, you know, up and coming medical student. And it's just boring. And Herbert, again, like we said before, he's not, he has no depth. He is just a mad scientist. There's nothing interesting about him. And all the times we've said that before, like there is somebody interesting that I have latched onto and I just didn't latch on anybody in this movie. I hear you. I think there are, I don't, I don't know that I agree though. I think that, okay, let's, let's get down to what you were just talking about before, which is, um, I guess the, life after death aspects i think this is a movie about fear of death and handling that fear of death badly which obviously has been trod a million times mm-hmm. but do you think this movie is its conclusion is an atheist one or is it critiquing atheism in science uh, i think that like it has i mean it ends negatively because it ends with um megan dying and dan getting the reagent to reanimate her even even knowing full well that uh he's seen other people reanimated and that it does not bring he just the person can't let back go. It's his and thing. i think that's more like the futility of love is like that's the final message of that is that like he has seen the whole movie his cat is not the same his cat is like angry and hateful you know dean halsey is just a terrible zombie who like I, does he does he ever actually like i guess he does save megan at that one part. So there is something, there is some mm-hmm. glimmer of him left. Of the will, yeah. Of enough to, like, save his daughter when she's being mauled. Um, but he also rips her clothes off to let Dr. Hill molest her. So, like, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. And despite this, Dan still is like, I'm going to reanimate her because I can't let go of her. And that's just a very negative place to end this movie. So. The futility of love. <laughs> Now you're thinking like Lovecraft. Yeah, that's uh, that yeah, cynicism it's, is it's positive. Um, but I there's definitely an atheist statement because Dr. Hill is the one saying, "Oh, all you you know, religious people, you want to believe that there's something going on. We all want to retain our personalities," which felt like a little at me. I was like, "Shut up, Dr. Hill. You don't know me." <laughs> um, but but he's also the villain. So how much right. was listen to him? I don't know. It didn't feel concrete. I agree. I think it's more complex than that. And I think that it's maybe more complex than you're giving it credit for. I still think that's something that's been done a lot and has been done better. Do you have anything else you want to say before I get into? I actually have a few discussion questions for you. Oh, good. Bring the discussion questions. Uh, Actually, before we get into that, I do want to say I really like the score of this movie. Oh, oh, I did. I forgot to say that. I love the score of this movie. Oh, yeah? The opening credits are awesome. And they have that score. That main theme is fan fantastic i agree it's awesome it reminds me of something do you does it click in your head for some reason there's a point that it felt kind of danny elfman to me maybe that's why i liked it so much because I, I i really loved it and there is a part where um there's like a sad it must be the end there's like a sad mm-hmm. someone has died and there's this like it start the music starts to get a little bit like like sad yeah. wailing and then there's a beat and then the main theme starts again, and you're like, oh, they're about to get reanimated, because that's like... Of course. This theme really makes you... It, it really does capture the fear and the 
uh, the tension and the suspense of this movie. So I will, I'll admit that's the theme is incredible. And I, yeah. is my favorite part of this movie. It's by Richard Band, who is the uncle of Alex Band. And Alex Band is perhaps best known as the lead singer and songwriter of the band The Calling. Oh my God. Who you may know from their one hit, Wherever You Will Go. Uh, if I could. No. Then I would. No. Uh, yeah, that, that dude's uncle oh, wrote no. this great music. Well, it, it clearly didn't pass on to the jeans. <sighs> Cruel. Um, that song's not Cruel. great. It's not great. Speak for yourself. I speak for everyone. That, that song's not great. Uh, okay, so I have a question that you've been sort of poking at, and I want to challenge you on this, which is, okay. is Herbert West evil? How are you defining evil? However you want to define evil. Okay. Uh, if we're defining evil as, like, operating totally and completely for yourself and your own motivations and with no care or thought for anyone else leading to the harm of other people does that make does it is that a good or should, should i go even further than that is it like you have to be like want to maliciously hurt people i think so okay personally if you go with my first one which is just that you are just like have no care for the thoughts of others and deliberately act in opposition to what is best for people then yes herbert west is doing that uh he is he does not care about any other person besides and it didn't even really care about himself he doesn't care about anything besides science. Yeah. And he does not care about the ramifications of his actions in any situation. He only, he wants to kill people. He doesn't kill. No. Only because he knows that it's like really wrong. But he is so thrilled when people die. Him knowing that makes him not evil. No, because I think that he, I think that he thinks that if he were to actually murder someone, like he would get in trouble for it. He murders one person and they're the real villain of this movie, which yeah. is Dr. Hill. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with him killing Dr. Hill. But I just think like... It's the fact that he does, he continues to reanimate people knowing how bad it is. It's just, no, it's, he's just experimenting. He's not experimenting. No, he keeps changing the doses. That's why he's like paying, he's like recording everything. Right. But he's, he's trying to find the right way to do it. He's also a bad scientist because the first person they reanimate, he puts 15 cc's and then waits 14 seconds and then is like, 20 cc's, oh my God, we, we didn't do the right job. So he's like freaking out and... That's what leads to this, like, mo like Frankenstein monster beating the shit out of them and killing Dean Halsey. So, like, be a good scientist and wait a second. Sure, but, sure. I, I, so I guess my answer is I don't think he's evil. I think he's just thoughtless and careless. And then, and I think Dr. Hill is evil because he is going to use this, this, ma this medicine for power. He's like Emperor Palpatine. He like... is. He's ready to, like, the second he learns what it is, he's ready to, like, world dominate. He also talks like this. It's so and so to be fair his head's severed from his body but i don't care uh he's like sitting in a pool of blood the whole time it's disgusting what's uh, up with that it must be something about like blood flowing to your brain that was my thought he's sitting in the tray and he makes his body squeeze yeah pocket packets of blood into the tray i thought it had something to do with like getting then, getting blood to his we brain. see that the once and then not again it's very actually i don't know what's up with that mm. I, that was my, my only explanation was getting blood to the brain and then and then it's like there and then you don't need it as much as time goes on you also feel sexual pleasure from things that the body does does like that that's also pretty confusing yes. to me is like how there is no nerve connection right and he does he he tells the body what to do right he doesn't like telepathically communicate with it he tells the body what to do which doesn't make sense because the body doesn't have ears but setting that aside <laughs> 
when the body is you can't fondling set it aside this movie makes no sense when the body is fondling megan he's like doing he's like yeah but like why i have no idea because this movie's bad because this movie is bad it doesn't make any sense can i tell you the really cool story from the novella that i think should actually be in this movie sure so there's a story in the novella where Dan Kane, it's not really, it's not Dan Kane, it's just the narrator, but the suggestion is that it's kind of like, it's who Dan Kane is in this movie. It's a more, it's a more moral, um, helpful scientist who works with Herbert. He goes away for some reason. And when he comes back, Herbert has this dead, uh, who's the person who knocks on the door, try to sell you something? Salesman, like a salesman. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's like a dead salesman, and he's like, oh, he was here, and he just died. And he just died spontaneously on the yes. doorstep? Herbert's like, oh, he like had a heart attack and died. And I was like, let's use him for an experiment. So they reanimate him, and he is a zombie, typical of this movie. And then in his, like, he gains, the zombie, like, gains speech. And in his last, like, breath before he dies, he, like, exclaims that Herbert killed him. And I think that is really cool and dramatic and would be a great part of this movie if if herbert was like like similar with the cat with herbert being like oh he was dead when i found him if the cat could then speak and say actually i was murdered that that's a good that seems like a a, a, could have been a cool part of this movie if the zombies were like actually we were all murdered by herbert he's evil i agree uh that sort of segues into another question i have which is that in some sense this is you know this is a mad scientist movie this is kind of an exploitation movie it's also kind of a terrible roommate movie and knowing that you have some experience with that, my question is, <laughs> in Dan Kane's shoes, at what point are you out? When the cat's dead. When the cat's dead in the fridge? Yes, 100%. Why? Because it's so suspicious. Herbert has a good explanation, though. No, it's not a good explanation. A good explanation is not, I found your cat, I put him in the fridge. Like, Dan was home. They'd no, been, he wasn't. They, yes. No, no, he wasn't, because he said, why didn't you call me? Uh, or why didn't you leave me a note? And Herbert's like, no. what would I say? Yeah, yeah, Cat no. dead details later. Note fair. Note fair. <laughs> but Dan had been home. He was home with Megan when that happened. They didn't rush in and then find the cat. They were sitting there studying. I think and the then, cat died before they were home. I think the cat died before they arrived. We're getting too much of the details of this. I don't case, think that. That's not how you handle that situation at all. It's not how a normal person handles the situation. He's weird. You know he's weird. So don't live with that weird person. They're out. That's what I'm saying. You asked me a question. Yeah. The second <laughs> there's a dead cat. Boot him. Wow. Harsh. <laughs> Harsh. It's his cat. Yeah, it's really, really sad. It's just not the way to do it. Again, I think Herbert West is cold. Let's take him at his word for a moment. I'm also not positive. I'm not positive about that, though. Neither am I. Let's take him at his word for a moment. You know that this is a weird science dude who you have seen, you know, not be very good with, like, life and empathy. In that situation, it does make sense for him to put him in the fridge because it'd be like, Oh, he didn't kill him, but like he didn't know what to do with him because he's a weirdo. That doesn't necessarily portend anything evil or suspicious. Your roommate or... doesn't have to be evil to boot them. It can True. just be like, I can't be around you, man. You kept my dead cat in your fridge. Okay. Bye. Find another place to live. Dan Kane uh, does not get no, out. No, he's like, okay, man, I believe you. Like, I guess you didn't kill my cat. How? Does and then that... follows him into the basement exactly. to fight off the zombie cat and Is then that... joins his scheme. That does not serve him well. He should have been more discerning. I think I think for me, it's the zombie cat. It's like, you are right. You can reanimate life. I don't want it happening in my house. 
Right. And but but Dan Kane does not feel that way. Dan Kane is like, yes, involve me in your medical. No, no, he's not yes, involve me. He could be he's convinced. He's convinced by Herbert. Right, but then he goes with Herbert to the hospital and is like, I'm ready to be part of your I'm ready to break scheme. into the fucking morgue. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he tries immediately to convince Dean Halsey of it too. He like he sees this as a miracle, so he wants everyone to share in it. And he's yeah. just he's just wrong. I don't know. I think Dan has heart. I think that He does. He's very the full circle of him trying to he's trying to save a patient in the opening or in one of the beginning scenes mm-hmm. and the doctor's like a good doctor knows when to let go and then the end of the movie is him reanimating megan is like he doesn't let go and that means that's what he is not a good doctor that's the finale of this movie so this movie ends on kind of a cliffhanger right which is megan screaming for being reanimated but interestingly there are two sequels oh i bride of Re- bride of reanimator yeah. which in case you missed the uh, Frankenstein aspect, let's really drive it home. <laughs> really? And, uh, like, Return of Reanimator? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, the guy who plays Herbert West, Jeff Combs, is in both of them. Oh. And the guy who plays Dan Kane is in the sequel. So Bride of Reanimator? Yeah. Oh. So there is, like, there is a story left to be told here, which I find I interesting. Guess, I, I yeah. have not seen them. This is sort of related to the other question, but it's more big picture. Is that Do you think that this is unethical, the reanimation of corpses? I definitely do. Why is it unethical? I am in this situation kind of a word coming to mind is purist. I don't think that's right. I am my philosophies align often with like people pass and you just let them go on. Mm -hmm. I am not in the practice of like extending life so that people are like 150 years old and miserable. Like I am very much a believer in like let people pass and if they've passed it's their time and especially in this situation you are not bringing them back one you're make you're reactivating their brain against their will if this was like a complicated thing where like you knew somebody wanted to come back and you that you they'd allow you to test on them like there's ethics there this is essentially also like they have rules about pulling the plug and or keeping you on life support this is the same kind of thing and it feels unethical to reanimate these people's brains when they have they've gone and they have not made any like there's no there's so sure no knowledge sure that you're, they want to come back so sure let's put better scientists in this position let's have consent forms let's make this a better practice experimentation is still necessary you're right when they come mm-hmm. back they're not people but the goal is to get there someday this is an early stage of figuring yes. this out and unfortunately herbert west has to do this in his basement because he can't get funding for this because it's a, yes. considered a crazy idea. I think I don't necessarily think that it's unethical. I so think I'm that... saying, no, if, if you if you want to add like a this was a government funded, you know, oh, study. Yeah. Let's give this to the government. I That's love a good it. idea. And but, but no, but then you you have the whole safety impl- you have safety in place. You tie them down well before you reanimate them because you know from experience that they are going to kill you. Are going to kill you because they were because Herbert has done the right thing and has experimented first on animals. Yeah. And the rats and guinea pigs and cats who he has reanimated are all angry and vengeful. So, like, you know that already. So you strap down the person. They've given you full permission to experiment on their brain after their death, which people do. Yeah. They say, please use my brain for science. Yeah. That's what this is. Organ donors. Yeah. Yes. Well, organ donors are even different. This is, like, there are people who are, like, you can use my brain for science. Like, operate on it and look how brains work. Because it's usually people who, like, have died from rare Oh, yeah. Brain diseases. They're like, can we use your brain for science? And they say, yes. So, yes, in that specific situation, you've gotten permission from the government to do this. You have all the safety, like, you know, things in place. 
uh, and you have permission from the body, then yes. Then absolutely yes. It's science. You might not even have to use it for any actual implementation of reanimating human beings. But just to know that you could do it, I think that it would come in handy for things like if you could get actual speech out of them for things like who killed me. You know, people who had who have state secrets, who die, who need to pass things on. No, no, like literally, there are practical reasons you'd want to bring a brain brain back to life for thirty minutes. Like if you've kidnapped a spy and you have them in custody, well, and that's what you're saying to me. I wasn't, but also yes. Uh, th- my point is just that I understand the practicality of this situation. I just think that doing it the way that Herbert is doing it is completely unethical. So you're saying that the dead uh, require consent. Which is an interesting take. Yes, because that, that's already a precedent that's been set. I don't think I'm just pulling this out of my ass. By like, what? By the idea that you have to be an organ donor to donate your organs. And you have to allow them, you have to sign a form that says you may take my brain for science. Like, those are already things that are in place. You can't just take someone's organs, okay, but isn't even that if of, they're dead. That's a, that's a respect for the dead thing. And it's a legal situation in this country, um probably because of respect for the dead but if we're talking ethics is it wrong to do something to a dead body like ethically wrong yes we cremate bodies we obliterate them uh with people's permission (laughs) not always your family can make the decision for you well yeah but i mean like that's you have to sign that over to them so what if your family decides that you get to be reanimated i'm just like i'm just saying you are putting a lot of stock in in the existence of a soul connected to a body that is unimpeachable even after death and merits consideration of consent and autonomy. And I don't know that I have the answer. I see what you're saying. I still feel like there is a precedent set, at least in America, for that there is an ethical responsibility to treat dead bodies with care. What about in Switzerland? clearly they've got other laws going on well he clearly got kicked out of switzerland for doing it that's so. true but someone died under his care like that's very different i don't know i i think i think that if there was a situation where they were like we need this very specific body to experiment on for whatever reason um then situations could be made where like if that person has no family and they didn't sign off in a form maybe there's some, like some ethical wiggle room there mm-hmm. but in the original novella they grave rob and that's like totally unethical and just going to the morgue and experimenting on bodies who have just died and have not even really, maybe they have even had autopsies yet, like, is utterly unethical. That's like against the medical practice. So, yeah, I think it's unethical. Asking the big questions on this podcast. You don't think grave robbing's unethical? I don't think it's totally unethical. I don't I think, think it's that big a deal. I mean, you know, they're dead bodies, you know? It's disrespectful. What's the difference between disrespect and unethical? I don't know, you could tell someone to fuck off and it's disrespectful. It's not unethical. <laughs> Depends on who it is. Would you tell the president of the United States to fuck off? The one we currently have, not the next one. No, of course not. I like well, him. Yeah. It's unethical because he's a good person. It's not unethical. It's not unethical mm. to tell the president to fuck off. Not the president. What about Barack Obama? It's not unethical to tell Barack Obama to fuck off. I think it is. I, would, I wouldn't do it because I'd rather have a beer with him and talk to him about, <laughs> I don't know, basketball or something. <laughs> You're going to say drone strike. <laughs> i'd love to have a beer with obama and talk about bombing syria and (laughs) yemen yep Uh, okay i would but that's me (laughs) i assume that's what our listeners Uh, okay i'm trying to think of what's unethical but not but 
and disrespectful. I don't know. I just think messing with dead bodies isn't ethical. I do. I, okay. I respect that opinion, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's black and white with ethics. I also don't think it's medically sound at all. I don't think it's like, um, scientifically sound at all. What? Uh, to grave rob and to, no, and to experiment on bodies that you don't have any knowledge of their medical component. That's what, that's why doing this like really officially, instead of just going to the morgue and finding some rando who just died to reanimate, have, you have to have a control group and you have to know like what your other factors are. If he died of heart failure, like they don't know. They're just assuming that maybe he did because they don't know how he died. And that's just, that's not a good way to do scientific experiments. It's not good science, but that doesn't make it not good. I'm That's what I'm saying is that if it was good science and unethical, I could make an argument for it. It's unethical and bad science and therefore useless. Okay. So official position of this podcast is don't reanimate your, your family's kids. Don't. They don't want it. That's our advice of the week. They're just zombies. They're just zombies. (laughs) Uh, Last bit of trivia before we move on to to the next movie is that the director of this movie, Stuart Gordon, and the producer, Brian Usna, who also directed the two sequels. Mm. So unlike most um, horror franchises, this stayed in the hands of the people who came up with it, basically. You know, like a similar (laughs) cast and and the director and producer. That's good. They co-wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I saw that. That is hilarious. That's wild. That it kind of explains like the silliness of this movie also. They clearly have kind of a a goofy yeah. vibe. That movie is ridiculous. I'm into it. I love it. So your verdict? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, do not recommend. Do not. I do mm. recommend it. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's gory and goofy and just watch pet cemetery pet cemetery isn't as fun as this it's amazing i love pet cemetery Pet Cemetery is incredible it's not this fun this is not fun it was not fun i had fun (laughs) i did not (laughs) okay you want to uh cut this off with a shovel and let's decapitate this movie with a shovel (laughs) move on i don't know they don't like bury anybody do they no so we've got the roulette up for next week and we're gonna select next week's movie are you ready i'm ready okay Next week's movie will be... How do you pronounce that word? Harbinger? Harbinger. Harbinger. Harbinger Down. Harbinger Down? That feels wrong. Harbinger? Uh, I don't know. Harbinger. Har- Harbinger Down is what we're going we're gonna to yeah. go with that. I'm going to go ahead and look it up. Get some uh, Jeopardy music going. If I could... <laughs> no. <laughs> go wherever you will go. If I want... All right, so this is a... It has Lance Henriksen in it. It's from the FX team that brought you Starship Troopers and Alien vs. Predator. Oh, this looks silly. It kind of looks like The Thing on first glance. It looks like The Thing. It's There's a boat and there's a skull in the water in the ice. Oh, boy. I actually like the skull in the water. It reminds me of um Rescuers. The animated movie? Yeah, with the mice. All right. Hope that movie's like this. Yeah. So Harbinger Down. This looks like it could be a disaster. It looks like it could be a lot like High Lane, actually. It does. Yeah. Just like an adventure. Horror sci-fi again. Group of grad students have booked passage on the crabbing boat Harbinger to study the effects of global warming. Yeah. Okay. Topical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Climate change. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No more escapism. Uh, (laughs) We're back in. Back back into the the issues. (laughs) All right. Well. So next week's movie will be Harbinger Down. Uh, until then, you can check us out on nowscreaming.com. 
and let us know what you think about everything we've said on Twitter at Now Screaming Pod or on Facebook at Now Screaming. We want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, this is the first one that I've liked more than you. Which it's a special moment. It's a very special moment. So, so if you agree with Evan or you agree with me, please let us please know. Please let us know. Uh, also, be sure to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps more people find us, and then they could join the conversation and argue with us as well. That's what we want. We want argument. Uh, thanks again, always, to Jonas Lyko for our music and Anna Campbell for our logo. And thanks to Wes Craven for not re- being reanimated and accepting death when it was time, <sighs> which is a continual theme. That's so true. If anyone was thinking about reanimating Wes Craven, don't do it. Don't do he it. He wouldn't want it. He's going to be really angry. <laughs> It'll Let him be rest. Wes Craven zombie murdering all around the town. Yeah, he, he won't make movies. He'll he just yell. He wouldn't want it. Don't all right. Do it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.